Welcome to our Thriller Night special episode of the MJ Cast. Happy Thrillerween to all our ghouls and gals out there. It's Halloween. Thrillerween, Thriller Night. Thriller Night. Such a good, such a great little name, hey? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's lots of fun. And isn't it cool how, like, you know, I, I think I was reading Sil Mortilla's article recently on this and, and like... Really, Halloween for Michael Jackson fans is such an exciting time of the year because he put out so much great material with those horror themes in them. Yep, there's not much else out there, so it's awesome that we have the best stuff oh, yeah. from Halloween because it's Michael. I think like Rihanna did a couple of things like Disturbia and stuff, but you can't be a thriller and what? I can't even. The only other thing I can think of really is like Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. Like proper scary movies and things like that. Yeah, so it's 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 a great time of the year. I'm so excited. Just near where I live, there's like a guy that's decorated his house as this massive, big haunted mansion that you can walk through and. Holy mackerel! Yeah, it's really really cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going out there with Lee tomorrow night and checking it out. Did you do anything at school this year? Uh, no. So usually we have a Halloween um, ball kind of thing. We call it the horror ball, and uh, it's a lot of fun. The kids get all dressed up in um, their Halloween costumes and, and come out, and we have a big sort of, uh, I guess, a like a dance party we put on at a local venue. And uh, actually, last year we did that. Damien Shields came and performed. The school paid him to come out and uh, do a great performance where he did Thriller and some different stuff with a big wolf mask. But this year, no, no, unfortunately, because I'm I'm not really a part of the, the student council this year that organises that kind of stuff. So, no, we're not, we're not doing that this year. But hopefully next year we will uh, do it again. I'm hoping next year um, the house we want to build is done and everything and we're in it. And I'm hoping that I can do, I'm hoping there's something in the backyard other than just sand that I can actually, you know, put a few decorations, at least in the alfresco area and have my nephews over um, and yeah, do my first ever Halloween actually. I've never done it before, but it'd be fun to have like the nephews come over and have candy and stuff. Totally. And uh, you can take a few words of advice from Brad Sunderberg and get that backyard looking and sounding as good as it can. Yeah, well, trust me, I've got plenty of music that I can use, as you well know, um, that I would love to be able to sort of pipe through and have some, you know, cobwebs stretched across and things like that. But I don't think by the first year that we're in the house, I'll have a sound system set up. But it's it's noted, got a pin in that, and that's my long-term goal for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, wow, you've had a, a really interesting couple of weeks. I, I know you've uh, had the chance to speak to someone pretty amazing. Yes, yes today's episode yes oh it's so cool i've been listening to back to it like while i've been editing it and man what's there's just some really amazing stories in there isn't there it was pretty good and yeah i hope to have him back sometime because there's so much more that we could learn stories that he could tell um and as you probably listeners you'll probably notice the sound quality is a bit different um because this was my first ever uh technical solo effort of actually recording an episode for the MJ cast. Jamin was gallivanting around on another school excursion. So I had to get a crash course and record this interview and it was not recorded our usual way at all. Usually it's just um, over Skype through my iPad and then Jamin on the other end and he's got all these magical programs that I do not understand. So this time it was just me on Skype with the computer in front of me 
I can't even remember what the program I used to record this. Can you, Jamin? <laughs> it was some dodgy remember. thing we found on Google like, the last night. <laughs> so it was actually just the microphone built into the computer because that's the only thing that would actually do anything. And so yeah, the, I don't. I don't think you guessed um, had earphones either. So it was two participants with just their uh, regular computer microphone and uh look the sound quality is a little bit worse in this episode um but look the content's still great and uh we've got a lot of great things coming as well for season two in which the quality of the show is uh, hopefully going to improve a lot more we're, we're really looking forward to that so so shout out to to you jamin for editing it together um and editing all the effects and everything in this episode but also shout out to dan Vigilobos who had a quick pass at the quality of it as well as mentioned, we wanted to do something special for you all to celebrate what we can really enjoy as the closest thing to a Michael Jackson holiday, Halloween. With Michael's contributions of Thriller, Heartbreak Hotel, Ghosts, Is It Scary, Threatened, and iconic short films that fit the ghoulish and fun season, what better way to do this than through his music and perhaps a special guest who worked with Michael and choreographed the ultimate thriller night film, Michael Jackson's Ghosts. Lavelle Smith Jr. is a five-time winner of the MTV Video Music Award for Best Choreography and two-time winner of the Bob Fosse Award and Music Video Producers Award for Outstanding Choreography. Lavelle has been inducted into the DuPont Manuel Hall of Fame and was the youngest inductee into the Miller's Gallery of Greats. Lavelle has worked with, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, Beyonce, Ricky Martin, Diana Ross, The Rolling Stones, Kelly Rowland, Luther Vandross, Mick Jagger, Brandy, Janet Jackson, George Michael, Rihanna, Paula Abdul, Rod Stewart, Debbie Gibson, and of course, for over 23 years, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Memorable films like Coyote Ugly and The Cable Guy and brands including Levi's, Pepsi, Duracell, Converse, L'Oreal, Burberry's and US Air. Lavelle's influence can also be felt and seen in Michael's videos for The Way You Make Me Feel, Black or White, Scream and History. Also in multiple award show performances and concert specials like the MJ and Friends shows that were in Germany and Korea. Not forgetting three Michael Jackson world tours, Bad, Dangerous and History World Tours. We hope you enjoy my chat with Lavelle about the making of ghosts and a number of other topics. Happy Thriller Night. The following is a presentation from the MJ cast. The internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us again on the MJ Cast, and now the one and only Lavelle Smith Jr. Good evening to you, Lavelle. Good evening. Thank you for having me. 
No, thank you so much for your time. It's incredible that we get to speak to you on this uh, this Halloween Thriller Night episode. Mm-hmm. A perfect guest. Okay. So, so how's things over where you are today? Things are great. A little rainy, a little spooky. You know, um, the haunted houses are in full effect here in America, and you're already seeing people in costumes. So I think it's going to be a really fun Halloween. Awesome. That's so cool. It's starting to uh, pick up a little bit in popularity here in Australia, mm-hmm. but it's still a sort of a fringe sort of uh, <laughs> celebration that the supermarkets right. are trying. The supermarkets oh, are trying cool. their best. That's cool. So how about let's start way back when, and what's your earliest memories of dance and dancing? Oh, gosh. Uh, my mother said that when I was probably about two years old, you know, washing machines make a, a ch- 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 when they um when they're running, right? So she said that she would, you know, when we'd go do laundry, she would set me down, she'd stand me up beside her, and she'd start doing laundry, and the machine would start making that noise, and I would dance to it every time. So I don't remember that, but that's a memory that I have now because of my mother telling me. So I guess two years old, but I think I always knew, since I can remember watching TV shows on um, you know, watching all the award shows that would have the dancers. When I was young, the Carol Burnett show, they all had dancers. And I just thought, if one day I could be one of those dancers, I'd be so happy. Yeah. That's awesome. I think uh, there's stories of Michael also sort of, like, dancing to the beat of the washing machine. Really? I think so. Hmm. Uh, maybe that. Maybe you're confusing my story with his. He's never told me that story. I think I've told him that story. He's never told me that story. <gasps> maybe he pinched the story. Oh, I got that <laughs> I doubt that. I think you maybe you're just maybe you just got us confused or something. But but um I don't know. It's possible. But yeah, that's what my mom says. And so that's that's it was in my blood. I mean, I, I've always loved to dance and always knew I wanted to be a dancer. My biggest thing, I just wanted to be a dancer that could pay his bills. That was whether it was a, a, a you know a professional concert dancer for for um you know jazz companies, ballet companies. I didn't really care videos, whatever it was. I just wanted to be able to pay my bills and. Yeah, that's all I wanted. And it looks like you've certainly achieved that. Yeah, a long, long time ago, thank God. It was um, it was amazing. I mean, that just shows you life. You never know where life's going to take you. You just have to be ready for whatever comes. How did your early life influence your career and then yourself later in life? Well, I had an incredible stepfather and an incredible mother, and they put me in every lesson under the sun, uh, tennis lessons, gymnastics, swimming, violin, clarinet, piano, you name it, they put me in it. And most of them I would always quit. And then I said I wanted to dance, and they said, well, you know what, you're on your own. So, because I'd quit every other lesson, you know, you go to a few lessons, you do it for a year, maybe four years, but eventually I would always quit. And um, so there was a place called Performing Arts School, and I found out about it. It was free to the public, and I said, okay, this is the way I'm going to do it. And my mom said, well, if you make all A's this year, you can go next year. So... Of course, I made good grades and I got to go, but and it was free. So that's how it happened for me. It was free because my parents were sick of paying for things that I would just quit. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the like Carol Burnett show and seeing dances and that you wanted to be. Who were some early inspirations for you? Early, early? I have to say, gosh, everybody loved Barishnikov. But when I thought I wanted to be a ballet dancer, it was Barishnikov and... Arthur Mitchell and Alvin Ailey, and then it became Hinton Battle and Greg Burge and Jeffrey Hines. 
And I think at that time, maybe in my teens, I hadn't really studied the Nicholas Brothers and Sammy Davis Jr. and a lot of the old greats. But once I, with Michael, once I started doing that, I just I learned so much. You know, Fred Astaire, Jim Kelly. I knew them, of course, but getting to know their history and then the history of the Nicholas Brothers and getting to work with the Nicholas Brothers, those kind of things just they blow your mind. So I think I'll always be a person that loves to reflect on who came before because those people make you who you are and there's so many it's impossible to name them all I just named a few but there's so many more so many more amazing that even the ballerinas of the day um paula kelly from um the bob fancy movie sweet chariot is just inspirational to me I, I just love amazing dancers and i'm influenced by them and inspired by them to this day which two are some of the people now these days that inspire you Oh, wow. Um, Misty Copeland was inspirational, I think. Um, Desmond Richardson. So many ballet dancers, so many ballet um, street dancers. I'm sure there are a bunch. There are a lot of dancers. I mean, I think any dancer I get to work with, any dancer that you get to work one-on-one with is going to leave you with an impression and hopefully some inspiration. So they're out there. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Every country. I've come to find out that yeah, there's inspirational dancers everywhere. Dance is global. It is. What do you think about the fusion of like sort of um, ethnic and tribal dancing sort of being fused into sort of more modern dance? I think that was a natural progression. Some, that's something that we probably couldn't have stopped if we had tried. That's just, to me, a natural thing. It was going to happen. I think the same thing with ballet. Ballet, because of well, for America, Cuba's open now, and I think Cuba has one of the best ballet systems in the world. So I think it's going to change ballet for the planet, and then we start to really get to know more. I know some of the of the dancers because they've you know done stuff with me in Italy and different places, but the ones that I don't know, I'm excited to meet because it's going to change ballet. So I think we really can't ever really know where dance is going, but always know that it's going to evolve, and it's going to evolve in ways that we couldn't even have imagined. You know, ten or twenty years ago. What um, are you currently working on at the moment? Right now, I'm doing a lot of dance camps, and I love it. I'm going all over the world teaching a lot of MJ style dance camps. Um, I just did a TV show for France, which uh, I think airs in November. But I'm loving TV. Um, that's where I think I want to go. Is TV? Uh, that's a, a beautiful way to touch a lot of a lot of young dancers. And I love a lot of the shows that are competition shows, but my idea isn't a competition, it's it's to approach it from a different direction. And I'm excited to try to experience that and get that happening. That would be awesome. I think, yeah, those shows like So You Think You Can Dance, it really brings different styles into people's... I think they serve a purpose, and I think they're really great, but I'm going to approach it from a different way. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited to, to try to get that going. That does sound cool. Good luck with that. Thank you. How did you come to originally meet and work with Michael Jackson? Gosh, you know, Michael said he, I think he came to Donna Ross uh, concert in Vegas when I was 19. She was on tour doing all the casinos. But I really didn't really see him um, until the first day of the bad tour, uh, the actual rehearsal. There were many auditions, but I'm sorry, that's not true. Smooth Criminal was the first time I actually met him. Met him, and that was on the set, but that wasn't a real. You know, it's a big, a lot of dancers. You know, I'm not the kind of guy to say, "Hey, I'm Lavelle Smith." I wish I had been that guy, but I wasn't. 
And so we just worked and did the job. And he later on told me that he was watching me and Eddie Garcia the whole time. And he knew from the first time he saw us dance that he wanted us to do the bad tour. But the first time I ever really talked to him and got to know him was on the bad tour. That was that was amazing. It was four of us and him. And he taught us all the dances and himself and, you know, took his time. Was a very patient and um, funny teacher. But that was the first time I really got to know him. But I got to watch him a lot on on the uh, Smooth Criminal set, and I was amazed. I was really, really amazed. And I thought, this, I, I don't know, I guess you never really, TV is amazing, but it never really gives you the full picture, like live. When you're beside somebody, standing beside them dancing, there's nothing like it. You feel their energy. I mean, his was almost explosive. Sometimes you find yourself just looking, you know, you should be dancing or doing something else, but you're just looking at him and wondering, how how is he doing that? How is he doing that? Yeah. So, Michael Jackson's Ghosts film uh, held Mm. the Guinness World Record for the longest music video right up until 2003, and it still stands as a true creative and technical highlight of Michael's artistic career. A huge project like that is brought to reality by a huge number of people. True. And Lavelle, how did you first get involved in the Ghosts Project? And tell us about your role. Um, Michael called me, I think, probably about 3 or 4 a.m., as he did sometimes. And the typical question, Lavelle, you asleep? And I learned very early on to say no. <laughs> because, <laughs> because if you say you're asleep, you say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll call you later. Click. So I learned very quickly, very early on in our uh, relationship, uh, just to say, oh, no, I'm awake. And sometimes I was, but most times I wasn't. But anyway, he said, I have a great idea. We're going to do this thing. And so I said, let me grab my pen and pad. And so I started taking notes. And he was talking about Ghost. And he said he needed a cast by, I guess I had 24 hours maybe to cast it. And that's how it was. And day by day, I got more information. There were fittings and, you know, uh, it was fast. Costume fittings, um, facial moldings, you know, the prosthetic stuff. It, it was quick. It was quick. Once he called me 4 a.m., it did not stop. It did not stop. And the days were long and it was amazing. But I got to work with um, other choreographers. And, you know, I was a head choreographer because I was, you know, my guys know me for many, many years. And he knows that I'm not going to let anything slip. But it was amazing working with Stan Winston and Michael Jackson in the same room. It was it was intense, but amazing. I learned so much. So, so much. That's two of the greats right there, Michael Jackson and yeah. Stan Winston. Yeah, and they're both no longer with us. It's so sad, you know? It's, yeah. Stan Winston, a genius, just a genius. Just could, could create anything and shoot it, you know? Yeah, and watching them work together, it was, yeah. It changed my life. I learned a lot. Were um, was this the the full version of Ghost that we know and love now, or did you ever get approached about the earlier iteration of Ghosts? No, there was the only one I know is the long form that we did. Okay. Yeah, that's the only one I know of. Were choreography segments like too bad, too bad, planned? Um, right from the get-go or sort of oh no we had to create them it was a combination of me travis barry lather obviously michael leading us you know it was um it was it was intense i mean yeah i mean i look back now and think wow um but yeah 
some people were yeah it was it was intense it was intense the days were long no you know michael said from the beginning this has to be amazing now i believe in my heart that you should always you know fight for everything but he said this has to be better than thriller and immediately i thought oh we're 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 in trouble so <laughs> you know i didn't want to say what i, was, what I thought but yeah I'll, I'll say it like that yeah we're in trouble um but you know i think his idea was to push and push to get me and everybody else to just do your best don't be satisfied with the first step that you do and when he, when he puts that in our heads you have to just push yourself you know is this the right one is this the right one do they go together does it make you know you test yourself and so that's what it was all about it was just a moment for everybody involved stan winston all of us to push ourselves to the inch i mean to within the inch of our sanity and it really did that it was good it was good how did a film project like ghosts differ from previous michael jackson project that you've been a part of um scream scream was intense and long but ghost was on such a huge scale i mean it's not just maybe 20 or so dancers there's um there's street four break dancers there's um costumes there's lighting there's special effects there's i mean i think if you if you just you know take terminator and some Broadway music and put it together, you get Ghost. It was intense. I mean, every technical faction had to be perfect. Every element had to be perfect because there was a lot of CGI. And CGI was kind of new then. And I think that Ghost kind of led the way in many ways for what CGI was able to do. You know, Michael pushed it. But it was intense. We were on all levels. You know, everybody was always, we had to be on top of our game. Early days, late nights, and uh, work hard. It's incredible, like, after the call you got, where you've got 24 hours to cast it, and then out of such a rushed start, you got a huge project. No audition. I mean, and I don't know why I did. There was, I felt like there was no time to really do that, you know? So I called people that I trusted and knew. They were very lucky. Yeah. I mean, it was lucky for me that I knew enough people that I could actually trust and I could call on. I mean at the last minute and get some and get some great 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 dancers yeah ghosts itself has some truly unique choreography um like mm. what, what we call the hanging man move yeah up, for that. example See, people got that when, when i did it I, it was probably at the end of the day and i think the next day was a day he wanted to see something amazing right and i thought well i'm just gonna pull it all out there's you know the, like, like michael always says there's no such thing as wrong, so just go for it. And, you know, it's always better to come back and not go far enough. So I went all the way there. I didn't think anybody would get the hanging man, but I guess it was that obvious. I'm not as, as, um, yeah, as smart as I think I am, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I loved it. I so loved it. was there a meaning behind that particular move? Or and was there meaning behind other moves maybe that we haven't picked up on as much? Dead. Just dead. Dead. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never did anything. Well, that's not true. For a ghost, I never did anything that was um, political or about Michael's life or anything like that in Ghost. No, it's purely scary monsters, ghosts, spirits, and how they got that way. Yeah. Each ghost had to have a story, and I think I talked about that with all the dancers. You know, I don't want to sit here and tell you a backstory, but you're all dead for a reason. 
and you need to, you know, need to know that reason and you need to figure that out for yourselves. And I think they all did that and it really showed in their performances. But yeah, the hanging man was, yeah, hanging man. No, I think, yeah, the ghosts definitely had their own characters and Mm -hmm. definitely their own vibe, which was very identifiable as awesome. Mm -hmm. You, You mentioned in your initial answer there that ghosts didn't have political sort of choreography but did you do what was some of the political choreography that you had made in other pieces (laughs) well no i won't even go there because you know it 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 takes the fun out of it if you know it's between me and michael and yeah it's just better that way you know one day i'll write a book i hope and yeah we will buy that that's for sure well you know what I I have been trying to find a book the right book deal it's easy to get a book deal it's kind of easy to get a book deal when they want to hear about you know dirty you know mean things or whatever gossip uh, whatever but um, I want to write one about the artistry because I think you know to me that's one of the most impressive and one of the most important things of Michael Jackson's existence on the planet what he shared with us artistically that is where I want to go because Creating with him is, it's like no other. I, I mean, it's like no other, nobody else I've ever experienced. It's, yeah, it changed me. It changed the way I approach everything creatively. It's amazing. It opens you up to the universe, so to say, yeah. Wow. And the possibilities. Wow. Yeah, and all the possibilities, because everything is possible. So, well, when you work with Michael Jackson, everything is possible. Yeah, <laughs> everything is possible. What were some of your favorite memories of? filming ghosts oh i guess you know being on the set when there's nobody there except you know maybe me him and a couple other people and just getting on the floor and and just kind of hashing it out and seeing what you want those shots to be because the big picture is always the easy picture easy is the wrong word but you know what i mean that's something you know you're going to get a big a big picture but the details tell the story so i like being on the floor with him going to a certain part of the set and just figuring out what details would be the most important to lead the story through. And yeah, those are usually quiet moments, but intense moments. Those are awesome. I can imagine they would be treasured moments. Yeah. Is the story true that once Michael let off a stink bomb and it smelled so bad they had to shut down for a day? No. And Stan Winston was angry? No. <laughs> no, I was there every day. No, no. <laughs> it's a good story, though. Yeah. Were there any other funny stories? It's a very good story. Um, well, you know, working working with wires is always funny to me. Dancers on wires, it's just hard. You know, that was funny. That was a funny day. Dancers getting used to working on wires. What else was a funny day? Um, yeah, no, honestly, funny, no. Ghost was very intense. Like I say, it was it was pleasurable, but it was intense. I think it was um, there was so much riding on it. Michael was really, really wanted this to top Thriller, or at least be up there on the same level. That you know, I think that he put the fear of God in all of us. Just make it amazing. Do your best. So there wasn't a lot of joking around on that set too much. We had fun. We did have fun, but it was it was really serious and about producing the best short film we could. Now, you originally choreographed Ghosts to the song Too Bad Only. 
And then later versions had the song right. Is It Scary and Ghosts right. added it into it. We shot it all, though. We shot it all at the same time. So now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the first release was just too bad. But everything was shot at the same time, just released later. But they didn't have to change any of the choreography. They sort of matched the music to what yeah. you had already created. No, too bad was always too bad. Yeah, yeah. And then later they added Is It Scary over the top, and it's, they managed to change the beat of the song to match. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. I have to see it. The version that we got to see in the cinemas was just purely too bad. Yeah. And then when it was released on the home video and on TV, it had the uh, other songs added over the top. But the other songs had different moments, right? Like when you turn into the giant ghoul, that was, you're talking about that kind of stuff? Or they yeah. put the dance part and put new music to it. Yeah, especially like I think the uh, scene with the skeleton dance. Right, that's, that, that's different music. That's yes. a different song, rather. Yeah. Um, so we're going to play a mix of uh, Threatened from one of our favorite remixes now. This is a Nick's mix. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. A monster had arrived in the village. The major ingredient of any recipe for fear is the unknown. And this person or thing is soon to be met. He knows every thought, he can feel every emotion. Oh yes, I did forget something, didn't I? I forgot to introduce you to the monster. You're fearing me, cause you know I'm a beast. Watching you when you sleep, when you're in bed, I'm underneath. You're trapped in halls, and my face is the walls. I'm the floor when you fall, and when you scream, it's cause of me.
end of a particularly terrifying nightmare. It isn't. It's the beginning. 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 So you've worked with some huge names and bands and entertainment, also brands, companies, and huge stage shows. What are some of your standout career highlights? Gosh, I did a Guinness in South Africa. Guinness Malta. It's a beverage I've never heard of in my life. And um, it tastes kind of like um, hops and barley and something. I don't know. It's really weird. But they, it's very popular in South Africa. So I did a commercial there. That was really fun. But I had so many different experiences. Um, I did a thing for Guest Jeans with Matthew Ralston. That was a blast. Yeah. I, I, you know, I try to find fun wherever, <laughs> wherever it is, man. Every job has, has some fun to it. I get to travel. I did a thing in uh, Prague, uh, Lucasade. That was really fun. Yeah. Uh, Crazy in Love was a blast. Beyonce is a genius. Um, yeah, Rolling Stones was a blast. I think I was 23 years old and got to choreograph Steel Wheels Tour and work with Mick Jagger every day in dance studio, just having fun. And that's another person with a big, big uh, love of dance. The man moves and just his body is free. He's fearless. You got to love people like that. I, you want to be around people like that who just... They love dance and they let it go. Just let it go. And other than those huge names you mentioned, you also were on the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation 1814 tour. Yes, yes. That was fun. That was fun. We came to Australia. Did you also come to Australia with the History Tour? Yes, History and Another Dangerous and Bad, right? All of them. Or no, History Bad. So I would have seen you on the History Tour then. Oh my gosh, yeah. Are you loving the new Janet album? You know, I haven't heard it yet. Oh, I'm really back. Unless wow. something comes on the radio, I never hear it. And when it comes on the radio, like my new favorite song now is a song from uh, called, from a guy called The Weeknd, The Hills. I, I just, I get weird with music. I listen on the radio and take a shower. And then if I like it, then I go find out more about it. Go to Bebo or whatever, find out about it. I haven't heard it, but after we get off, I'm sure I'm going to listen to it right after we get off. It's a terrific album. Really great. It's back with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I'm going to take your word. I'm going to check it out. Um, so as you mentioned just a minute ago, you were with Michael on a number of tours, Bad, Dangerous, and the History Tour. Yeah. What was the most fun tour to work on? Because they were all in different eras, really, like the Bad's yeah. like at the height of the 80s. Right. They're all, they all have something amazing about them, but for me, Bad, because it was with, you know... Uh, Randy Allaire, Eddie Garcia, and Dominic Lucero, and Michael Hand picked us himself. So it was it was amazing, and it was a year and a half of just traveling the world, some places twice, and yeah, the bad tour. It was yeah, it was amazing, amazing. It's my first time traveling the world. I, I'm not sure. I've been to Canada, but I don't, I don't think I've ever been out of the states before then so yeah i think that's going to be the one bad but they all have something special about them but yeah as far as the dancer bad for sure so you worked creatively with michael for about 23 or so years yeah. what are some of the biggest your your favorite biggest iconic moments that you worked with michael on i think we did the world music awards in monaco i want to say that I don't know. There's so you know, it's almost impossible to say one or two. Um, 
I think some of my best memories are probably at Neverland, just hanging out and talking, eating sushi or something, you know, walking around, you know, something like that. The conversations, the jobs, amazing, obviously amazing. Love working with them. But I also love to sit and talk with him because that's when you learn a lot about, you know, what he knows, his knowledge of cinema and dance and dance history, black history, world history. It's all, it was all so deep and so um, amazing. And so to hear him just kind of share things with you, that was amazing to me. I, those are the moments I think I missed the most of all. Of course, I miss working with him, obviously, deeply miss that. But even more than that, I miss laughing and talking and just kind of learning. Yeah. So who was the teacher and who was the student? It sounds like a bit of both. I, you know, I, I think so. And I think that's when it, that's why sometimes the relationship works so well and for so long when it's that way. I think one-sided things tend not to last very long. It has to be give and take. And, um, you know, Michael didn't have an opportunity to get out in the clubs, you know, the discos and clubs. So he would say, you know, what's going on out there? What are they doing? What are they listening to? What are they, how are they dancing? And I would show those things and tell him those things. And, and of course, then I would ask him about, you know, certain directors. Gosh, he knew every director, you know, it seems like in the world, he knew their, their biography. So I guess you're right. In that way, we were sharing. It was, it was a back and forth thing. It never got old. Both of, we each always had something to tell the other. You know, I still have those days where I'll see something or, or hear something really cool and I want to, you know, reach out to him and say, hey, you got to check this out. I still have those moments, but yeah. Amongst all of your awards, your fifth MTV Music Award was for the choreography on the Scream short film. Tell us about working together with Michael, Janet and Tina on the Scream choreography. I think the fifth one was Crazy in Love, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it had to be Crazy in Love. A screen was like three, four, probably. Um, you know, it was interesting. It was, um, yeah, that's the word I would use. It was interesting. I learned a lot about myself on that job. That was a pretty big in scale job as well, in the size of what? the sets. It really was. They say, I guess it was, uh, I think that might have been a Guinness thing too, I guess the most expensive video or something like that. I think it was at one time, yeah. Not now, yeah, but um, it was. The sets were amazing, the clothes were amazing, everything was state-of-the-art. Again, CGI pushing it to the limit as far as it would go, you know, for what it was at that moment. But yeah, I, and I love the song. I really did love that song. You know, you, you can't always say that. But I love that song. There's something about that song that uh, that I love. Absolutely loved it. You know, I, lo I love protest songs and um, songs like that. And this was a big one. How, how did advancements in technology change the way that you and Michael worked on short films, concert tours, and just choreography in general? I think that we always used cameras in, in our like our rehearsal and brainstorm sessions. You know, video cameras because you don't want to forget something. I'm, I'm really good at being in the moment and letting my body do something, but I'm not really necessarily good at remembering it. So that's why we love cameras. And Mike will be the same way, I think. So we always have cameras going. And so that part of technology, yeah. But any other way, not so much, really. It really doesn't. It really didn't. Um, I remember having Michael Prince and Brad Buxer in the studio with us. Sometimes we were creating 
so they could make certain sounds for us or let us hear something. And that kind of stuff is always good when you have the music, when you're able to construct and deconstruct the music at will during a brainstorm session. Love that. I don't think anybody else I've ever worked with does that, but it makes a difference. How did you see, from your perspective, Michael's dance style and ability evolve over the decades? It just got better and better and better. It's just, it's. I just think it comes down to somebody who obviously is a natural dancer, but who really knows their body and doesn't put any limitations on their body, but knows their body and allows their body to morph into poses that maybe the natural body you wouldn't think would look good in, but for some reason at that moment can look awesome. Yeah, I would say fearless, fearless dancer um yeah had no had no mental barriers at all as far as what his body could do and what would look good on his body and he would try and test it and you know tailor it to suit his body which that's what smart people do as a choreographer yourself what do you prioritize not just for michael but in general the choreography to the music or the skill level and the ability of your dancer you mean dancer or artist? Both. Um, yeah, I think you have to always. That's first. But at the same time, you can't let them stay in that little comfort zone. Well, you can if you want to, but I don't think that's very wise. You have to understand where they are and what they're capable of, but also show them what they can be at the same time. What do you think Michael's most complex choreography was and why? I guess I would say um, there's a certain part of Dangerous, just like a break. And in the original Dangerous, he did it with uh, the four bad dancers, me and Randy, Eddie, and Dominic. And it's just Michael and us four, and it's him not singing. And I think that's it's pretty complicated. I did that in my friend's backyard a while, maybe a year before Dangerous even happened. But I did it too, can't let her get away because it works so well. But I, I think that that might be the most complicated. I think we did spend a bit more time on it than anything else. But you know, even doing jam with the march, you know, the original jam that I did for Dangerous, um, just the drill, Michael used to like to just to spend time and do four counts at a time, or, you know, maybe spend more than half a day on just maybe eight counts until he perfected it. I love that. I love that. So complicated is a, a weird term because even something simple, even for me, the simplest things can be complicated. I remember when Michael taught us Motown medley for the bad tour. That was the hardest thing in the world for me. I don't know why. Now, come on, look at it now. It's come on. Touch. Really? I couldn't get that. I don't know why. I mean, I, I could step touch, obviously. But I could never remember which way to go first. And it was just, I don't know, it was just, it was out of my wheelhouse at that moment. And so um, I had to really work on that. But for me, it's always been the complicated things that are the easiest. And sometimes the simple is more difficult. But I think with me and Michael, you, you have to fuse both. You have to make the simple look more complicated than it is or look more than it is. And you need to take the most complicated thing and make it look like anybody who sit up off their couch could do it. That's the art. He said, we want people to be able to feel like they can do these things. Even if they can't, we want them to get up and try it. 
and that's how you kind of judge hard and you know complicated. Everything is complicated if you look at it from somebody else's eyes. For me, Motown medley. So. There you go. I'm, yeah, I'm good at small pieces in isolation, but putting all together, no, absolute <laughs> mess. <laughs> We've heard through speaking with people close to Michael that he would often rehearse the song Dangerous, almost as if he wanted to keep those moves as muscle memory. Was this true of your experience with him? And, and if so, why that song in particular or that choreography in yeah. particular? I know that he loved doing it. And I remember I would, you know, we'd have like, when I went to Vegas in like 2008, I think I spent like six months in Vegas with him. And we we warm up Dangerous. So we just put it on, you know, if you don't feel like stretching right away, let's just sweat to Dangerous. Let's just do Dangerous real quick and get a sweat going. And then we can, you know, stop, talk and stretch. But yeah, we did it a lot just because. But I know he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He loved it. Well, it's certainly one of the fan favorites as well. We were always glad to see it. That's amazing. I, I loved. I love to hear that. There's been so many incarnations of it and so many recreations of it. But um, yeah, it, it's one of my favorites too. I think it. Um, it is my favorite to perform. Yeah. Which was your favorite incarnation of it? Oh, let's see. I think it's one that we actually did not get to do. Would have been. So I can't say it is. But it was. Um, Based on a Clockwork Orange, we had taken out all the music, and all you heard was boom, boom. You just heard that for a longer, longer, longer amount of time. And um, the, as the dancer, we, we would all been dressed up, you know, just like uh, the guys from Clockwork Orange. But we never got to do it. That yeah. was for the uh, the proposed one night only concert in New York, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah it was a shame. That would have been, we've read about that, and it did sound incredible. Yeah, that would have been awesome. What, what were you working on with Michael back in Vegas in 2008? Well, it was actually This Is It. It didn't have a name then, but but it was a show he wanted to do a big show. He didn't know if he wanted to do it Vegas style or, or in Vegas or where. So that's what it was, but it was six months. We had so much fun. It was it was awesome, you know, Brad Buxer and Michael Prince would come to town and do music and then they'd leave and me and Michael would keep working and yeah, it was really nice, really nice. He was looking looking amazing, looking awesome and dancing amazing. We were also thinking about trying to do a video, uh, 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 I guess, how would you say it, a country, a, a Western based on Magnificent Seven. We we're kind of putting that together, picking picking songs, he was creating some stuff. And we were doing dances together for that, trying to create that that moment. So mentioning this is it, you were there before that even came to be. You were there way yeah. before. Yeah. And what was your involvement with this is it when it sort of progressed on? None, nothing really. I mean, I was there at the house for a couple of times working with Michael, and then after that, nothing. It, it, was, it was out of my hands. It was over for me. Michael didn't get to choose to work with you for that tour? Well, you know, he said that he'd see me in London, and we left it at that. And then that's when Travis Payne sort of moved in. Yeah, and then that's when everything, yeah, yeah. Did you get to see the This Is It film? You know what? I saw it for the first time last year in Italy, and I didn't, I didn't recognize the person I was looking at, as far as dance-wise, yeah. So the, rehears the rehearsal process we saw in This Is It, was it different 
was it different attitude, behavior to yours? Yeah. Well, Michael was always full out. He never marked anything. He was always full out, hard hitting. Yeah. So the rehearsals for... It was weird. I didn't see Dangerous in there, and that was weird to me. Well, one of the highlights, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that. I know he loves that number, so that was a little strange to me, but I just figured, you know, who knows? But yeah, I saw it for the first time. I watched it with a friend of mine, and I thought, oh, I don't know who this is. But it, it was, it was sad. It was sad. It was sad. Yeah, I think I could have gone the rest of my life without seeing that. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Choreographers are pretty much the unsung heroes of entertainment. You guys create such iconic pieces that become part of pop culture and can be just as memorable as the music, the song, or the show itself. How do you feel about the credit and attention, or, or lack thereof, um, that choreographers receive? I don't know. I never had a problem with that, really. I never really thought about it. It is what it is. And until you want to, if you really, if people really feel bad about it, then change it. It's that simple. There's always a way to get what you want. If you feel like you deserve more attention, more credit, more money, then get it. So how would you feel about, say, songwriters being able to copyright songs, but choreographers not being able to copyright dance once you do it? It's out there for everyone. That's, that's, is that free art? Is that how you sort of view it? It really, it honestly, it obviously shouldn't be that way. But like I said, if people want to change it, then they need to change it. You know, for me, you, you do it and it is what it is. It's done, you get paid for it, it's finished. But it'd be nice if you could, if you could keep that as your own intellectual property. But these days you work with other choreographers and so if there's a bunch of people, and you know, it's just, it can get very confusing. I mean, yeah, songwriters seem to be able to do it quite well, but maybe they have a different temperament, I don't know. But they seem, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's why, you know, I, I think sometimes that's what it boils down to, too, is um, songwriters may be able to do those things because of their temperament or, yeah, and I'm not, I don't know if Corfus will be able to do that. Well, we like to credit those that deserve it and you've got an amazing history of creation and amazing iconic moments in dance, so thank you very much for your contributions to art. Thank you. God, I take no credit. God is good, man. It's, it's, a, it's a gift because, like I told you, I just wanted to be a dancer that could pay his bills, and here I am. So, yeah, it's, I give all the credit to God. I love what I do, and I'm thankful to be able to do it. And I thank you for giving credit because sometimes that is missed. You know, people, like you said, unsung heroes. But I think it doesn't bother me. You know, I think if you know you did it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I say that today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Oh, of course. <laughs> what do you think is next for Lavelle Smith Jr.? I really want to write a book. I think it's important. And I really want to do that because I think I have a lot of really funny stories and interesting things to share about my years of working, dancing, and creating with Michael. I think it'd be really... Fans would love that. And they deserve to hear these things. They're funny. And some are very insightful. Um, but I really, like I say, I really want to help young dancers. I mean, I, like I say, what they're doing on TV now with dance is great. But I have another approach that I think will just twist it. And I'm really excited about that. I'm actually talking to people in your country. I wasn't going to say anything, but I am actually talking to people in your country about it. So who knows? Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled. We might have to talk to you again in the future. I hope so. I've had a great life and I've really enjoyed all the people I've worked with. 
and I've learned from them. And it's just great how you meet people, you work together, and you share, and you take that to somewhere else, and you keep going. And, and that's how I think dance becomes bigger and better when you take it and share it. How did Michael affect your life as a person? As a person, um, gosh, I think he made me acutely aware of the world, what was going on in the world, um, injustices, um, interesting factoids, things like that. Uh, art, I think, you know, taught me a lot about art. Um, so many ways, so many ways. But mostly, I think he taught me just to push myself until I get exactly what I want. But always remember, because my biggest thing, he said that my problem is that I never know when to stop choreographing. Sometimes you can over-choreograph. He said that that's something I have to learn. You know, it comes with time. You can over-choreograph. You, you have to learn to push yourself to get your creation to the best, best it can be. And then you have to know when to stop. And so I think I've learned that you have to know, you have to step back and look at it and say, okay, I love that. That's nice. That's it. Leave it, put it on the shelf. That's right. Let's shoot it. Yeah. How do you feel Michael should be remembered? I think, um, gosh, <laughs> a man that changed video and music and yeah, and taught us to care about our fellow man even more without worth, but actually, you know, writing songs to benefit different things. I, I think that's what he should be remembered for, his artistry and his love of mankind and his genius of reinventing major things like dance and music, taking it to another level. What do you want your legacy to be? That I helped as many young dancers as I could fulfill their dreams that'll be a big one for me are you doing any of that now yeah i am like i say i think I can, i'm traveling the world doing it workshop dance camp by dance camp workshop by workshop but like i say i think i can reach a bigger audience for the tv show and that's what i want to do it's it's possible it's going to happen another thing michael said i didn't have was patience and he's right and i still don't i like things to happen now but <laughs> Everything happens in its time, and I know it will happen. But uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's what I want them to remember. I helped a lot of young dancers, because it's not just about dance, it's a business. And you have to understand the business of show, and you have to understand that it, you know you are a commodity, and there's just so many layers that go with that. And so if I can share the dance part and also the business part, I'll be really happy. So we're, we're going to close up soon, but I did hear a story once which sort of showed Michael more, uh, not the media celebrity kind of creation, but more as a person. Did you, in one rehearsal or something, sort of catch fire? Oh my gosh. Two rehearsals, but yes. A couple times. What's the story there? Well... <laughs> I think it was, I don't, yeah, it was definitely a rehearsal for, it was on stage camera blocking for Dangerous. And, um, you know, I, I was the guy, I was the guy that stood in front of him and got, you know, shot down the back, right? Well, this time, I guess the remote didn't work. And so when I fell on my back, I 
felt them go off, but I didn't really equate it to anything. I thought, okay, they go off. But my eyes are closed, right? Waiting for him to start. And then I hear this person running over to me and takes me and just rolls me over and starts patting my back. I was smoking. I didn't even know it. You know, I was on, you know, I wasn't on fire, but I was smoking. My jacket was smoking and he rolled me over and was beating, beating the uh, sparks out, I guess, with his hands. And he said, um, you know, sorry, I scared you. But he's like, I know how that feels to be on fire. And I thought, oh, that is awesome. You know, because I was laying there with my eyes closed thinking, you know, thinking nothing. Mm. That's happened a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strong man. He actually rolled me over and was like beating my back with getting out those little sparks, little little things. And yeah, I was like, thank you. And of course, after that, we laughed. But at the time, he was very serious. Like, I know what it's like to be on fire. It's not cool. So, But after, yeah, we laughed. He was like, boom. And so, pat, 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 pat. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Were you a part of the um, the the Michael Jackson and Friends tour, which was uh, like Germany and, and Korea? Yes, 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 I was. The incredible version of Dangerous that you did there as well. That was so amazing. We got to we got to spread our wings a little bit more with that one because there was a lot of the stuff that I used was stuff from the um, that, that we were thinking about using for HBO. So I just went further and, you know, the finger pops, the suspenders, and really had fun with that. That's one of my favorite versions, actually. That's awesome. I had hurt my knee at that one, so I was the guy that he knocked out, yeah, at the beginning. And then, of course, that was um, Michael got hurt in one of those shows when the bridge collapsed. That was the most frightening thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a trooper, though. You know, the guy is just show goes on. You know, we can, we can scream and cry about it later, but the show goes on, and he kept going. He's genius. I think that would have been um, some of the lessons learned from Joseph back in the day. Yeah, right. Keep going. But that was frightening. It really was. I mean, so high up in the air, and just oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm not good with those things anymore. <laughs> Did sometimes the, the technical effects and the special effects get in the way of the show? Very rarely, honestly. Very rarely. Um, yeah, very rarely. Because, you know, we were so well rehearsed um, that you're ready for anything. You know, when you work with Michael, you do that show that you're going to do on tour. You do it two to three times a day sometimes. So, you know... I mean, I'm talking about with costumes and everything, costume change and everything, like two or three times a day. So you know what it's supposed to be. And because you know what it's supposed to be, you're ready for anything else that might be thrown your way. It's honestly the best way to work, to know it so well that what, like, I mean, I remember many, at least four times, people coming out, getting on stage somehow, and me or somebody grabbing them and shoving them off stage, and we keep going. Like nothing happened. Did Things like costume and makeup, when sometimes it's in, like on film, are definitely incredi- incredibly detailed, but also some of the stage costumes, did they introduce any challenges to the dancers? You know what? We had the best people, and it, it really didn't. It really didn't. It might look like a heavy piece of leather or something, you know, strange, but the only thing that was ever heavy for me were my smooth criminal shoes. The first time I put them on, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to dance in cement blocks. This is crazy. 
because it had that steel bottom, but but nothing else. No, I always felt free, and and if we didn't feel free, we'd talk to wardrobe and they'd fix it. So, yeah, we had the best. And makeup, you forget you even have it on. You know, and plus me, the way I sweat, it'd be off by the first three numbers anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, it'd be gone. But. But no, nothing, nothing ever did. It really didn't. Like I say, and if it ever did, we'd have, all we could do is tell someone and you take care of. What will Lavelle Smith Jr. be doing for Halloween? You know, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. There, I have a few choices. There's a big thriller um, flash mob that happens every year about 15 minutes from my house. And I always say I'm going to go and I never do. Sometimes I'm not here, but this time I'm here. I think I'm pretty much going to be here for sure, as far as I know. So I think I might check that out. There is a new haunted house that I guess is in some way different than all the other ones. So I guess I have to check that out, too. There are a few things I can do that I'm going to be here this time in Kentucky. Yeah, kind of excited. Well, happy Thriller Nice and Halloween to you. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank you so much for your time and your patience. Um, I want to send thanks out to um, Jamin, Jesse DeVores, Tabloid Junk, Greg, and um, my friend Damien Shields for help with some of these questions. He's a good guy, isn't he? He really is. He sucks. You could ask him about how he wrote his book. Yeah, right. We had talked about that. We had talked about it, yeah. Another incredible book about the art of Michael, which I think is like yours, we'd hope to be. Um, that's coming out more and more. People want to share that story behind the art now, which is incredible. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is. You know, and it's personal for everybody who tells it. So I think that's kind of awesome. You know, I know there's some really great engineers that have worked with him. Michael Prince and Brad Bucks are, you know, co-writing music with him and, and things like that. I think those stories, because I know these stories, but I think the fans would freak out. This, these things are interesting. So, yeah. Well, that's why we were so happy to be able to speak to you today, to, so you could share some of your stories. And if you ever want to come back, we'd be happy to talk again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, hopefully I'll be in your neck of the woods soon, so we can sit down and talk then. Oh, that would be so great. All right. That would be great. Thank you again, Lavelle. Thank you so much. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, and thank you too. I appreciate it. Michael Jackson is back in action with his new album, Thriller. Thriller, Michael's new album featuring his latest hit, Billie Jean, plus his smash single with Paul McCartney, The Girl Is Mine. Michael Jackson's Thriller, The Excitement Never Lets Up. Available at all Sam Goody stores for $6.99 LP, $7.49 tape. Between the eyes, you're paralyzed Cause this is real life. 
There we are, ghouls and gals. I hope you enjoyed that. Jamin, thank you so much for putting that together. Um, I'm sorry that you actually had to miss that interview. That would have been awesome to have you there with us as well, but next time. Yeah, that's my second uh, really awesome interview that I've missed now. There was the Brad Sunderberg one, which you and Dan did so well. And then this one, which is awesome as well. So, ah, oh, the list is well, growing. <laughs> my fingers crossed that, you know, we just warmed them up for you oh. and we'll have them back in the future. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, every time we speak to a guest, they always say they'd love to come back. So hopefully we'll have that opportunity again. And I noticed that during your interview with Lavelle, he was talking quite a bit about prepping this book that he'd like to put out. So hopefully if oh, he does yeah. release that, we could get him back for a uh, Lavelle Smith Jr. book release special. Yeah, totally. And if that TV show comes to pass as well, that would be awesome. Um, especially if you got to visit Australia. Yeah. That would be cool. Absolutely. And what's there's just some fascinating stories in there. I loved hearing about the creative process uh, between him and Michael and just the fact that Michael kept calling him back project after project because he could trust Lavelle, you know? All the way to when they were like working on Legs Diamond, the, the Western film mm-hmm. concept. That would have been incredible. Yeah, so like 1987 through to 2008 was their uh, uh, collaboration period. Yeah, their creative period was huge. Um, And just hearing about... Okay, so the MJ and Friends concerts, the dangerous performances at Korea and uh, Germany. uh, Yep. How he was... You know, there was two parts of the interview where he was talking about the one night only um, dangerous performance and then the first time he was talking about it he was talking about that sound of like the heartbeat just over and over again or that that bass just thumping over and over again and then when he talked about uh, those MJ and Friends concerts he said that, that there were some elements that were kept from one night only and put in that and it, it, for the first time those I just put two and two together and thought that's where that idea came from the sound of that, or when I read that article about the HBO concert that never was um, on DamienShields.com and the, the sort of sound and stuff, the impression I got was very much of the dangerous performance mm. from the MJ Friend. Um, more in the sound than the look, like the styling was quite similar to other stuff, but the sound of it and just some of the moves and um, the sparseness of it, I really, that's when I was reading about that in that other article, I was thinking of the, the Korea and Germany versions because, yeah. yeah, it's such, but, you know, what amazing choreography, like Dangerous alone, that choreography is so iconic and yeah he just loved performing it over and over again and i was happy to see it any time he did it yeah and it was it always evolved like and in some ways like it it started out incredibly complex like if you watch that original um american music awards performance from i think 1990 i'm gonna say two or three um if you watch that awards performance there's a lot of dance sequences within it that actually aren't in any of the later ones it was almost like it was more complex in the beginning and then it kind of got simpler and simpler um, through the mid-90s and then bam in the late 90s it just totally changes into a different iteration that lasted through to the 2002 era and then it was going to be different again for this is it are you able to throw um, some links to the different performances into the show notes? Of course, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So check the uh, the MJCast.com and in the show notes you will see links to those different performances. But yeah, what, and like, you know, it, like I said once, who was the teacher and who was the student? Because you could just mm. tell they were both just, you know, soaking in um, art from each other. 
Um, yeah, it was it was a real true pleasure to be able to speak to Lavelle Smith Jr. It was oh. an honour to have him on the show. When he and, was talking yeah. about walking around Neverland with Michael eating sushi, I was like, yeah, I be awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to ask more about Neverland and the experience there and in the studio and stuff in the future for yeah, sure. Got to get him back for sure. So. Um, I hope people did enjoy that and, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at themjcast at iCloud.com. Share your thoughts. Tell us your own Thriller Night celebrations, perhaps. Definitely. Uh, yeah, just jump on themjcast.com to see a lot of our uh, different links as well to our social networks. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and all different places if you want to engage with us there. Um, subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes uh, and rate and review the show. That's a great way of um, getting the MJ cast out there so other people can see it that might not know about it. Also tell your own MJ mates about it. Hi, my name's Kerry Ward, Vice President of Michael's Dream Foundation. Michael's Dream Foundation is a grassroots initiative started by people from all over the world who want to make a real difference in the lives of children by helping them to recover from illness and injury in as short a time as possible. One of the projects we're currently working on is the Michael's Dream Box concept. And Michael's Dream Box is an insulated fabric lunchbox with handles and a utensil pockets, and it is imprinted with the MDF logo. The boxes are filled with an assortment of toys, games, books and puzzles and learning tools, specifically designed for children to receive them. We deliver Michael's Dream Boxes to sick children in hospitals, children who are suffering from long-term and life-threatening illnesses, and these Dream Boxes help them to smile and help them to get a real boost to their emotional health, and therefore get a real boost to their physical health. Currently, we're raising funds to deliver Michael's Dream Boxes to six countries, um, Italy, Russia, Turkey, India, Australia, and the USA. And we're asking our supporters to please give what they can to support this project and help us to make the delivery of these Dream Boxes possible. It costs just $20 to fill just one Michael's Dream Box with toys. That also includes the cost of delivering the box to a sick child. If you would like to support the Michael's Dream Box project and make a donation, please do visit us today at michaelsdreamfoundation.org. Thank you for listening. What are you doing for Halloween? Well, nothing per se. Like, no, I've got some um, like 
lollies in case any kids come to the door. The thing is, like, I buy a bag of lollies every single year for the last couple of years. Not once has a kid come to the door, ever. <laughs> I think because our house is at the rear of another house, so it's yeah. like a battle axe sort of design. Like, you've got to go down a long driveway to a back house. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's probably too far to walk or something. But, yeah, we've never had anyone come trick-or-treating, but I've got a bag of lollies just in case. Um so I will just be ready in case anyone comes. I think maybe I'll watch Ghosts. That's always good. And so, I was going to crack open um, the making of Thriller book, oh, the one of the hologram cover. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's like a huge sort of almost coffee table book. Um, hologram cover. Um, my friend Tim over in Indianapolis gave that to me when I saw him early this year when we um, were visiting New York and he flew in to New York where he actually got engaged, um, which was awesome. So, yeah, he gave me that as a present, which I was so not expecting. And, yeah, it's awesome, beautiful book. So I'm going to probably dig into that tomorrow as well. Totally. What about you? Uh, I think I'll go down and visit the haunted house that I talked about just oh, in... Of course. Uh, yeah, uh, just in Moranbar there, or I might, I think what I'll do is, I'm in a bit of a making of mood as well, so I think I'll watch Ghosts, and then the making of Ghosts, I think it was an MTV special that aired. I love that special, yeah. that's such a good one, so I love good. the sort of the little title cards that pop up at yeah, the start, it's very it's clever. awesome. They've got some great footage of their, in there of MJ in makeup, and MJ in the, um, Oh, he's in like a motion capture suit, like um, Andy yes. Circus War for Lord of the Rings. Yep. And he's in that, and he's doing all of his different dance moves. Eventually, the skeleton performs in the in the music video. So there's some great footage out there for fans that that may not have um, you know seen some behind the scenes stuff from Ghost. So I'm going to watch that, and then I'm going to watch Thriller, and then the making of Thriller as well. So. Oh, I haven't seen the making of Thriller for. Many, 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 many years. It's really like, um, that was one of the really good like video cassettes we used to rent when mm. we sort of would go and rent videos. That would be one that I'd get out over and over again. That one, the legend continues, and Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation videos. Yeah, so yeah, that's probably going to be my night tomorrow night. And uh, do you watch scary movies? I I love horror films so much. Nah. It's probably one of my favorite genres. I can't do it. Well, so I can. I can do it. The problem is my wife can't at all. She will sit there half the film with her ha- head, like with her hands covering her face. She can't handle yep. seeing anything scary, like particularly supernatural. So. No, too scary. Cannot do it. I, I, <laughs> I would literally poop my pants if I went to like a haunted house thing, like what you might be doing. I, oh. I, I would seriously just die. I love it. I love that no. stuff. No. I love being scared. And I love I'd scaring in, people. I love... I, I, see, I love scaring people... But not me. Like, even if I'm just ironing and, like, just, you know, busy ironing, maybe listening to a podcast or something at the same time, if the hubs comes in, I will just get so, such a fright that I'll, like, you know, jump and he's like... Throw the iron across the room. No, I don't do that. I've never (laughs) done that. Um, But, yeah, I always get an absolute heart attack. Even if I'm in one room and he walks past or something, I'll just have an absolute heart attack. And he's always like, what, did you think you were home alone? I was like, no, but you sneak around. He's like, I'm not sneaking around. You just always get a big scare. (laughs) So I cannot do scary movies and scary stuff. I would really, like, have a heart attack and die. 
Yeah, well, there's some... Uh, it, it's, it takes a lot to scare me now. Like, when I was younger, when I was in my teenage years, like, any, any horror movie would scare me, but now it takes a very, very... It's a very select few. The last movie I was really terrified by, like, and I mean couldn't sleep terrified, was... Um, Oh, jeez, it had Ethan Hawke. It's one of Ethan Hawke's new movies. Let me look it up on IMDb. No, The Blair Witch scared oh, the crap out of me. Freaky. And some zombie one not long after that. And The Ring. They, yeah. they, were, they were the final nails in the coffin for me. The ever. Ring is the most scared I've ever been in a film. Like when I watched that in the cinema for the first time. I was like 17 and I was just petrified. The, the Ethan Hawke one I was talking about is called Sinister. Uh, you, you check that out if you really want to be no, scared. I don't. I'll be fine. And there's another <laughs> new horror. It's an Australian film called The Babadook. I've heard about that. Oh, my God. Even no the tra- I haven't seen it, but I've watched the trailer, and even the trailer. Like, I couldn't no. sleep after watching the trailer. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it's been a it's been a really great episode. Thanks again, Q, for uh, interviewing Lavelle, putting that together, and uh, what a great great uh, interview that was. Thank you for editing it together, and, and for Dan as well again, and and of course, big thank you to Lavelle Smith Jr. for joining us for our first ever Thriller Night special. Definitely, it was the first time we've got the opportunity to speak to a choreographer of Michael Jackson. We've spoken to musical collaborators, but it was awesome to speak to a dance collaborator, and we hope to have Lavelle back on the show uh, one day in the future. So thanks, everyone, for joining us on our first ever Thriller Night special. And from Q, have a great Halloween and Thrilloween and Michael on. And from Jamin, keep Michaeling. <laughs>